Welcome to the Faith, Health, and Home Digital Podcast. I am your host, Makeba Giles. Here we share information and resources for physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being to help families live an inspired lifestyle and encourage healthy living. Thank you for joining us. One of the most critical leadership positions in the Army is also known is also actually the least known, which is the warrant officer. These soldiers are both technical experts and combat leaders helping solve the Army Reserve's most challenging problems. And today we're honoring them in celebration of their 104th anniversary. Here to tell us more about the important role these men and women fulfill is Chief Warrant Officer 5, Patrick R. Nelligan, Command Chief Warrant Officer of the U.S. Army Reserve Command. Thank you again for joining me today. You're welcome. Thank you for the opportunity to talk with you. Now, first, tell us, again, this is a role that people really don't hear about much. Tell us more about the role that you play in the importance of that role as Command Chief Warrant Officer in the U.S. Army Reserve. I would love to. And I'm, I'm incredibly proud to be a soldier, um, citizen soldier, and to be a warrant officer for this many years. The, the easiest explanation, Makeba, is when you have a job that you love tremendously, you're blessed and you get to do it every day for the for the full duration of what you would consider a career. Um, there's very few people that can hold a candle to that. Well, in the Army, we, we look at our soldiers as they develop, and we talk about making future leaders, but every Army system is maintained by an Army soldier in one shape, way, shape, or form. And those soldiers that truly love that technical uh, experience are the ones we make into Army Warrant Officers because our whole career is doing the one particular skill set that we've been trained to do. So as soldiers decide to stay in and continue to serve, when they make that decision that they want to stay technical, if you will, we make them Warrant Officers, and then for the rest of the time they're serving, they would progress through the Warrant Officer ranks like you hear about sergeants and sergeant first class, things like that. We have W1, warrant officer, W2, chief warrant officer two, W3, chief warrant officer three, W4, chief warrant officer four, five, or four, and then me, chief warrant officer five. And as we progress up the warrant officer ranks and become you know, immersed in the next level of technical responsibility, we become more valuable to the Army, and we are by far the single biggest source of the technical expertise for the Army uh, to date. Well, first, I want to congratulate you for your hard work and dedication and commitment to working your way up the ranks to becoming the highest level of Chief Warrant Officer. And also, thank you so much for your service and commitment to the U.S. Army Reserve. 
Now tell us more about the significance of the 104th Warrant Officer Anniversary. So the joke is, um, I'm 104, not really, but I've been serving for so long, I feel like I was there when the Warrant Officer started, because uh, what was technical to me almost 41 years ago um, is is obsolete or just simple, you know, uh, technology. But the significance of us turning 104 is compared against the Army, which has been around since 1775. That's a long time. We've only been around for 104 years, but we started maintaining the mines, M-I-N-E, that they would put off of ships to float in water, and then if you know bad guys came around, it would be a bad day for them because the mines would explode. Well, that was technologically um, significant back in 1918, but now here we are today in 2022, excuse me, <coughs> with astronauts that are warrant officers. We're in um, all facets of cyber. We do military intelligence into different specialties like human intelligence and satellite imagery and, you know, going and collecting information about bad guys, much like what happened after 9-11. The Army warrant officers were deeply involved in our, our battles with ISIS and Al-Qaeda. So just think of the technical knowledge that's required and the skill sets to be able to work in those very uh, unique and highly specialized, highly secretive roles. And that's what the warrant officer does today. And in just a very short time, you know, it'll be 2030, and that's the next iteration of what the Army is being built for. And the technical platforms that they're talking, <coughs> excuse me, about bringing in, I had heard a discussion not that long ago that within the next year, we could get up to 16 new, 16 new technical systems of different roles and responsibilities. And those are all going to be managed by Army warrant officers. And the way the 2030 Army looks like, there's technologies that are being looked at that we don't even have a warrant officer position for yet. But as it evolves into something the Army wants, we will create new positions so that we're involved as warrant officers in the complete life cycle management of that type of equipment. Oh, wow, that's fascinating to know. And also to know that you play such a significant role in um, things in 9-11, things like that in any type of attacks that we've had, um, where you've had to go in. That's that's very important to know and just uh, something that, again, people don't know. So thank you for bringing that to the forefront for people to be more aware of. And you talk about technologies and these emerging technologies. Um, we know that, again, by 2030, you know, you'll have more and more people all the time um, joining the Army Reserve, what type of skill sets or what type of um, qualities should a person have to not only be in the Army Reserve, but if they wanted to become a warrant officer and work up to those ranks of the highest position, such as yourself? So I, I think the first one is 
you know, the adoption, if we're going to do anything in this world, we never stop learning, right? You know, you always have to be a, uh, a lifelong student. And when you talk about what the Army, the Army Reserve, the Army National Guard is looking for, for a baseline applicant to both join the military and eventually uh, join my very prestigious cohort is to be a, a voracious learner. You have to really love learning and never be satisfied with just being proficient. To be a warrant officer means you're signing a pact with yourself and with the Army to continuously better yourself. If a system that we currently have in place gets a new enhancement or modification, the warrant officer is the first one expected to know that because we're professional mentors, professional educators, professional uh, facilitators, and we go uh, within the Army circles as experts. And, you know, there's a, there's a great pride that we get when other soldiers and leaders, you know, are stumbling for an answer and they have a question, go ask the chief, as in chief warrant officer, they know. I love that so much. Um, and lastly, I want to ask you for young people who are, uh, for the youth of today, who are considering um, their career, they're trying to sort everything out, but they, um, you know, they're they're looking into um, looking into maybe going in that direction. What advice, or words of wisdom, would you, in your prestigious role, um, in your years of serving, what would you like to offer? So I'll just tell you my personal story, short and sweet. I joined the Army at 17 years old because I wanted money for college because my parents couldn't afford it. And it was truly an experience I'd never expected. I went to Germany. I was in uh, field artillery protecting Germany from when the Russians were the bad guys the first time and came home thinking I was going to go to college and realized I still had a contractual obligation for one more year in the Army Reserve that I was so young I didn't notice the fine print. But that <laughs> extra year um, afforded me the chance to be uh, given a school to learn how to fix medical equipment. <clears throat> and honestly, McCabe, my whole adult life and the successes I've achieved have been being able to balance being a reservist and working in healthcare because every time I got a new training on a piece of equipment or a new experience doing my tradecraft in another environment, you know, another country, et cetera, it made me that much better in the other job. So I, I'm, I'm truly the epitome of a dual career professional. I do the army job and I do my civilian job and I've mastered both by brokering each time the skills I've been able to get from both of them and become that much better at what I do. So I would say to any of your listeners that are thinking about what they want to do, a great way to start is join the Army. For, you know, the simple fact you take an aptitude test, it gives you some baseline scores, but whatever you join to do doesn't make you locked in for the rest of your life. 
but it gives you a flavor and you get to see the other things that are available. You know, you go to a recruiter, we have 67 warrant officer specialties, including flight, flying army, army aviation platforms. You may find something you like. And then, you know, after about six to eight years of being in the military, doing the right things and mastering your trade craft, you can become a warrant officer. And then now you're highly marketable on the civilian side because you're getting training that the civilians um, dream about and experiences that make you much better at your job. Thank you for tuning in to the Faith, Health, and Home digital podcast. For transcripts of this episode and others, visit our website at faithhealthandhome.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Thank you again for joining us.